0: Hey, this is On My Own Vibe Pleasure. with Nikki D. Pleasure. On My Own Vibe. Yes. Welcome to another episode of On My Own Vibe. I'm your host, Nikki D. And this week's episode is, I'm sitting here with,
1: Me, hi. I am Jennifer Eden, AKA Slut of the Month, AKA Fem Daddy, AKA Biggie Shorty, AKA Polly Pocket, AKA JE Heartbreak. (laughs) I have acquired (laughs) lots of nicknames over the years of doing this work and being on the scene. And so, yeah, excited to chat with you. Let's do this.
0: Yeah, thank you for, uh, well, not like physically being here. You know, Uh, we are at the last, hopefully, the last portion of COVID, so we're still, you know, recording episodes um, remotely. But uh, thank you for coming on the show. I, I'm really excited about our conversation today. Me too. I'm excited to get into it. Okay. So what I what I really wanted to talk about, and I'll just uh, I'll just go ahead and state the prompt. Right. Um, I want to talk about toys. I want to talk about sex toys. I want to talk about things that can be used for sex toys. I want to talk about pleasuring yourself and others and, you know, some of the common um, sentiments around not using them. Uh, And full disclosure, I used to be a full anti-vibrator type of girl. I did not believe in them, uh, using them with partners. And then, you know, I kind of turned 30 and things changed. So there's that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to
0: growth. (laughs) Shout out to growth. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um yeah let's start with like toys and common toys that uh people in our community are used to using um I know for me I I love dildos dong straps now vibrators uh handcuffs anything you can flog anybody with oh yes Uh, we're going there okay okay yeah let's do it uh yeah, paddles I've been I've been really interested in getting me or making actually I really want to make my own uh, paddle with my initials on it. Um Okay, we love a custom. We do. Right, right, right. Uh I've been, I'm, i wanna get, have you have you heard about that rose that's going around? That new rose. It's supposed to simulate oral sex. I
1: have. So let me first let me like talk about a little bit of my background so people don't think I'm just some <laughs> random person on here talking about stuff. So <laughs> I have been doing various forms of sex education for going on 15 years now. Um, I don't say that often because I feel like it ages me, but also I'm proud to be a part of the auntie age bracket. So (laughs) I've been doing this work for a very long time. I... My work shows up now as working in a sex shop as an on-site sex educator. So people come in with their questions about toys and their hang-ups about using them and their you know, preconceived notions about what it means about them or their sexual orientation or their relationships. So it's been very, very interesting to literally have this conversation that we're about to have every single day. Mm-hmm. So to answer the question you just asked me, I have heard of The Rose. Um, it is, I don't know what their marketing strategy is. I don't know how it went viral in the way that it did, but a lot of people and specifically black women are so
0: interested in this particular toy. Yeah, it was a, it was a black TikToker. Okay. It was a TikTok. Yeah. It was a TikTok video. So (laughs) I've never used it. I've never even
1: seen it in real life. Um, but I do know that it uses the same technology as a couple of other toys that are on the market that I really enjoy. Um, Now, this isn't meant to be like an ad or a commercial for any of the toys I'm about to talk about because they're not paying me for it. But (laughs) it's the same airflow technology that was introduced by Satisfier. It's the same airflow technology that Womanizer uses. Um, I think Unbound has a toy that uses the airflow technology. So it's not, the Rose isn't doing anything that other things don't do I think that however it was presented online is what was the draw and then also the fact that like it looks like a rose it's cute I think people are excited about like the novelty of it and the like discretion of it because you don't always want like a big old dildo or whatever sitting out In a way that people can see. So if somebody sees like a little rose sitting on your nightstand, it's like, oh, that's cute. But they're not thinking like, oh, this is your, you know, this is what you use during your personal time. So I think it's more about the novelty of it than anything else, because there are other toys that do the same or a very similar thing.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. There's nothing worse than uh, someone discovering your toy Uh, that happened to me what is it a couple months ago when a pest guy comes through he comes through quarterly and I definitely forgot that he was going to go to my bedroom so my whole magic wand was just sitting out by it's there I was hoping he didn't recognize it he didn't know what it was but I don't know
1: everybody knows (laughs) what a magic wand is a magic wand has been around for like Eternity. So, if your grandmama yes. saw your magic wand, she would probably know what it is.
0: Yes, but I mean, hopefully, in his life, I hope he knows what it was. But for mine, I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing. True. Now, <laughs> I lots of people
1: have seen my toys. Lots of people have seen my dicks, like just laying around. People who shouldn't see them. Uh, I mean, now the way that I have my office set up. Um, like toys that I'm reviewing are kind of sitting out on my desk or on my shelf. So when my cleaning people come in, they see them sitting there in the box or out or whatever, and they just don't have to deal with it because that's just how it is. But my mother has accidentally run into my strap before. Oh, um, yeah, she was helping me unpack thing. and pulled it out of a box. And I'm like, Mom, don't open it. Uh, my ex's mom saw my dick air drying on the ledge of the sink. Uh, so, yeah, like there have been lots of, you know, inappropriate run ins with my toys. So that's why that's why discretion. That's why, you know, novelty toys that look like something else are popular because you don't really have to worry about that kind of interaction.
0: That's real. That's real. So what would you say is like the number one question that most people ask you about toys when they are looking for advice or just, you know, suggestions?
1: So people usually start with either asking me what I like or what is like the most popular thing or the thing that I sell the most of. And those questions are the wrong questions to start with because what works for my body and what works for somebody else's body isn't necessarily going to work for your body. So I always flip that question on its head and like ask some questions about what a person is into. So when folks either approach me um, or come into my store and say like, you know, what, what should I buy? What's most popular? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, well, I can I can tell you what other people like. But I want to ask you what you like to help you find a toy that can give you that. So I'll ask people whether they prefer penetration or external stimulation of the vulva. Mm -hmm. Um, I will ask people if they have a preference for things that look more realistic or lifelike or flesh tone versus something that is like a fun color or pattern or something that's not meant to like mimic an anatomical thing. I'll ask folks if they are partnered or plan on using a toy with a partner, if it's something that they want to use solo. So there's there's things that are really unique to you that inform what toys will work for you. It's not just about what's popular or what I like.
0: Okay. Okay. That's real. That's real. So, um Let's say they find what toy they want to use. Actually, let me give you a scenario because I think um, I encountered this in conversations sometimes, usually in social gatherings, right? Um, let's start with straps. Uh, I've loved straps. I, I was, I'm was i actually have another episode when I talk about how I fell in love with straps and I don't remember how it happened, but it was just there and it was just love at first sight. Um, I feel, though... There's two things when talking about straps that I encounter a lot. One, people don't know where to start. Um, And two, the understanding, I guess, how different things can be used for different types of pleasure, right? So you mentioned external uh, 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 stimulation and internal uh, stimulation with penetration. Uh, Can you dive a little bit more into that, Uh, like... Okay, let's talk about the difference because maybe people, let's, let's take it down to the basics. yeah let's do that. I think
1: that's important because sometimes the conversation does have to include a little bit of an anatomy lesson. And that's okay. Yeah. Like everybody didn't get the same education around pleasure in their bodies. That's literally why I have a job. So mm-hmm. I don't mind starting from the super like baseline of naming your body parts and naming what you like done with them or maybe not at Mm -hmm. all. So I think it's really important to start with like knowing that the vagina is an internal structure and the vulva is the outside part. So when we're talking about penetration, we're talking about something going inside of your vagina. When we're talking about external stimulation, we're talking about the vulva. So that includes the labia, the clitoris, all of the things that you could actually see if you're like eye level with a pussy, or if you put a mirror between your legs, like that's, that's the vulva and what is inside, what you can't see is the vagina. And I think a lot of people either conflate those terms or have never used the word vulva in their life and refer to the whole thing as a vagina. And so then it makes the conversation of Well, what in particular do you like? How do you want me to touch it? Like it makes that conversation really awkward if they're referring to the whole area as the vagina. So it's important to make that distinction between the internal
0: vagina and the external vulva. All right. So here's my thing. And the reason why I really wanted to talk about this, too, is because um, as a person who also used to be anti vibrator. But very pro dildo and everything else, and using toys as my extension of self. Uh, I also meet a lot of people who just don't want to use them at all. Mm-hmm. And let's start, because I want to. We're gonna dive more into like the psychology behind this and what it means to be queer black folks and using these and seeing these uh, these toys as extensions of ourselves. But what are some of the reasons why you've heard that people don't want to use? toys, in particular, either a vibrator or a dildo? Absolutely. Let's get into that.
1: So there are a lot of misconceptions, which are just rooted in lies and shame and all sorts of things that are meant to distance us from our pleasure. Um, and there are also things that are hangups that could be rooted in something completely valid, a whole feeling that you can't necessarily talk a person out of. It's just up to a person to decide if they're willing to distance themselves from that mentality so one of the misconceptions about vibrators in particular is that using a vibrator will make it so that you can't come any other way Um, that using a vibrator will like desensitize your clit or make it so that you're you're numb to any other type of stimulation and that is false Um, now what can happen is that your body can get used to a particular type of stimulation. So if you are using a vibrator, the same vibrator, the same way for 365 days straight, and then you hook up with somebody and get some head, yeah, that head's going to feel different than what your body has gotten used to. That doesn't mean that your body can't get used to something else. It just means that your body has gotten into a habit and a pattern of responding to a particular type of stimulation in a particular way. So don't be scared of using vibrators for that reason. Like, don't think that if you use a vibrator, then that's it for you. You're never going to be able to enjoy anything else. Like, that's false. That's also why I recommend people having multiple toys, because... That allows your body to have multiple different experiences, even though it's just you and your toy. So I don't think that, you know, as much as I have my toys that I really, really like, uh, like I have a a pretty vast collection of of toys, but there's like three that I use all the time. So I Mm -hmm. recommend like having a couple that you alternate between so that your body doesn't necessarily get used to a particular feeling.
0: What would you what would you say to someone in that position? And I, I'm thinking of it from the other's perspective, too, is, okay, let's say you have a partner and she's used to using your vibrator, but someone's, like, maybe you're going down on her or, or you, you're trying to do other activities and she's not really enjoying it and she feels the need to, um, I don't want to say necessarily pull it out, you know, but you could tell that there's a difference in enthusiasm. Um, So I've heard that before where that might be one of the reasons why they women might be uh, not just women, just people in general. But this particular episode, we're definitely speaking on people who have vaginas and people who are partnered with people who have vaginas. Um,
1: Yeah. So what I would say to somebody who is
0: like partnered
1: with somebody who is used to using a vibrator, is very much like excited about what the vibrator does and maybe not having the same type of excitement about what their partner does, um, yes. you, can, you can experience both of those things at the same time. So you can absolutely <laughs> use a vibrator while your partner is touching you in another way. Um, I actually think that's really hot to like <laughs> use a vibrator while a partner is like sucking on your nipples or playing in your hair, like playing with your butt. I don't know, whatever else it is that you might be into, like incorporating what you already know you like with your partner and being able to like enhance that experience. And also it gives that partner the opportunity to see like, oh, this is what this person enjoys about this vibrator. This is how this toy stimulates them. And like, maybe I can find a way to mimic that with my fingers or my mouth or whatever this particular toy is doing. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with using that vibrator that your body is so much used to, um, with a partner. Yes, yes,
0: yes. Okay. My next question. Um, Wait, I want to, I want to give another misconception first. Oh yeah. Dope. Dope. Please do. Please do. So another
1: misconception that is rooted in like disgusting heteronormative purity culture is that using a dildo is going to like stretch you out and make it so that your pussy is just loose and flapping in the wind and whatever the hell people say. Um, That's ridiculous. Like I said, that is rooted in the gross heteronormative Um, purity culture and standard of like maintaining virginity and that like your body or your, your pussy belongs to the person that you're going to marry or whatever. Like all of that is complete bullshit. And we can totally have a separate conversation about why Mm -hmm. purity culture and abstinence only education and all of that just makes no fucking sense. But this idea that as lesbians, as queer women, as people who are having sex with people with vaginas, that like we have to limit our exposure to penetration because it is going to stretch out our vaginas. Like that's ridiculous. Let your body do what it wants to do. Let your body experience pleasure how it wants to experience pleasure. The vagina is a very, very strong area of the body. It, can push out a baby and then goes back to way smaller than a baby size. So Mm -hmm. there is not a dick that is going to stretch out a vagina to the point that it is now like this completely loose and useless piece of skin. So I really, really want people to let go of this idea that penetration or using dildos is somehow like ruining or devaluing
0: their vaginas oh so you brought up something that i don't think i've 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 thought about is well i i think about it from like my body image or like how people feel about their bodies right but these misconceptions and these things that we hear normally based in heteronormative culture uh impacting how we think we will receive pleasure or we'll experience it right like in my mind i'm sitting up here like it never occurred to me that i would be thinking about not taking a bigger dildo because my vagina might get stretched out because I don't have any intentions on being involved with the man anyway but it's really not the man that affects that it doesn't really matter who your partner is it's like I don't want to be seen as this loose pussy person but I'm just like wow like There's so much to unpack there is where I'm going with this is because there might be some people walking around here really not being pleasured or reaching their full potential of pleasure because they're being limited by some of these thoughts.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, I have talked to and fucked plenty of people who are like, oh, no, I can't take dick because I'm a lesbian and that's a straight thing to do. And I'm just like, but if I'm a woman... Or a femme, a non binary femme, who is giving you this dick that I just pulled out of a drawer, then how does that change anything about your sexual orientation? How does that change anything about who you are and who you ultimately want to partner with and how you want to show up in the world? Like, it doesn't change your sexual orientation to experience pleasure in a particular way. Like, I think about that hang up the same way I think about like anal sex and booty play. Like when people talk about cishet men and doing butt stuff, getting pegged, whatever, then it's like, oh, that's gay. It's like, well, literally everybody has a booty hole. So Mm -hmm. how does engaging this part of your body change your sexual orientation? If you're not changing the gender of the person that you're doing it with, like it, people assign a lot of bullshit to the ideas of how we have sex and how we receive pleasure. And I think it's really important to look at the sex acts and the feelings that you enjoy rather than putting them in the categories of like, Oh, this is a gay thing, or this is a straight thing.
0: Yes, I agree. Which is a great segue into realistic dildos. So, um, wasn't my thing at first. Uh, I can say as a young uh, a young baby dyke out on these streets, uh, that was not my thing. It was the balls. I like I liked the tone. I like the brown, like, you know, matches my skin tone. That was cool, mm-hmm. but I didn't like, you know, the balls. Totally different story now. In fact, now my balls are like really squishy and they move. It's really interesting. But um, I love having conversations and asking people who are enthusiastic about strapping and straps like what do you prefer what are your reasons why okay let's get into it um so first
1: when we say strap on we're actually referring to two different things right so it's a harness Mm -hmm. and a dildo so when folks come to me asking questions and like looking for recommendations about strap-ons like what should i get or like i've never used one before where should i start then like that's where the conversation starts that like your strap-on is actually two different components that in most cases you have to purchase separately. And there's different considerations for both components. So when it comes to your harness, like it has a lot to do with your own comfort, how you want it to fit, um, but also like how it's going to carry the weight and shape of the dildo that you're putting in it. So Mm -hmm. if you're a, a person who like, wants to have a big ass dick, or if you have a partner who's like, yes, I would like a big, heavy, girthy ass dick, then you have to have a harness that is going to accommodate that. Please do not get some like $20 rinky dink shoestring harness and then try to put a 10 inch, two pound dick in it because you're not going to be able to stroke the way that you yeah. want, that you want to. Um, it is, and all. it's also going to just like, it's just going to hang south. It's not going to sit up the way you need it to, to be able to do what you want it to do. Um, now when it comes to the actual dildo, like the, the part that's going inside of a person, um, I think that balls are useless and that is my personal opinion. I think they get in the way. I think they take away from the insertable length of the dildo. Oh, absolutely! So I prefer to, to not have balls on my dicks. Now <laughs> I also understand that they can serve a purpose. Like if they dependent on the position that you're in, they can like add some pressure on the outside. They can do that little like slappy thing up against. Against the bottom of the opening. So yes, I get that they can serve a purpose. I personally have a preference for not having balls as a part of my dick experience, whether I am on the giving or receiving end, just, just no balls. Um, I, as, as a wearer, as a, as a person wearing the strap on, I don't necessarily go for realism. I actually like my dicks to be black. I think it looks real like sleek and Afrofuturist. I don't know. I just like for them to be solid black. That's my visual preference. I also really like when they're like striped or colored, Um, not necessarily rainbow, because that's just corny in a way that I don't need. But there is one brand called Avant that has a lot of really cool striped dildos, um, and they're like medical grade silicone. They're super safe to use. And watching the colors going in and out of the body is really visually exciting for me. And I also am big on dirty talk. So I like to say like, Oh, the purple just went in. Do you want me to put it in up to the blue? Like that really is exciting for me. So that's, that's my preference. Now, when it comes to being on the receiving end of some dick, Um, I really like I'm really mindful of the individual that I'm receiving the dick from. So if they have a preference Mm -hmm. for realism, for flesh tone, for veininess or whatever else, then like who am I to come between you and your dick? So if that is what you enjoy, if that is what is going to give you the experience that you want, then I'm not going to take that away from you. I personally do not like the way that cis man dicks look and I get so many of them in my DMs that I am mm-hmm. constantly just like, I, I always have a very fresh frame of reference for what they look like. So when I see a super realistic looking dildo, it reminds me of that and I'm not into it. So like I said, if that is a person's particular preference for their dick, I'm just not going to look at it. It's just, it's just not going to spend a lot of time in my line of vision. It probably won't go in my mouth. Like, I just don't need to see anything that reminds me of the dicks that end up in my inbox without my consent.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's probably a lot of uh fems who feel that way, which I was, I was going to ask, have you ever had a couple have a discussion in store about what type of toy they want to use and how they compromise. Yes. Um, So
1: I get to overhear people's discussions and negotiations all the time. And sometimes I just stand back proudly, like you all have healthy communication skills. And I'm really (laughs) excited that you're able to figure this out. Other times I have to intervene because people's insecurities start showing. People get really defensive and argumentative and shamey in a way that I don't want to have happen when there's something I can do about it. So I've definitely had couples come into the store. And so like, let's be real. There is this attachment, whether you are a cis man or a masculine of center woman or wherever you fall on the gender spectrum, we are all socialized to believe that like the bigger, the better when it comes to dicks. So there are all sorts of studs, doms, masculine of center folks who come into the store and automatically go for the biggest dick that they can find, (laughs) or they'll call the store and ask, what is the biggest dick that you carry? Or they'll come in and start doing this like size comparison thing where it's like, oh, well, this one is nine inches, but it has balls on it. So it's really only going to give you like eight insertable. So I'm going to go over here and get this one that's like 10 inches and- I feel like that completely leaves out the autonomy of the person receiving the dick. So I've had couples come in where the masculine person is like, yes, I want this big ass dick. And the feminine person is like, I've never taken dick before. I'm not sure where (laughs) you think all of that dick is going. And so I end up having to intervene and having a conversation and really being like the advocate for the femme. Um, And it's not always a, masculine person buying the dick and a feminine person taking the dick. I'm just using that in this example. But I end up being the advocate for the recipient of the dick asking like, well, how many fingers can you take? Or like when you use toys, like what is, what's the size of the toys that you use? Or what do you like when it comes to penetration? Let's find a dildo that is going to give you that because this idea that you just have to fit a giant dick into someone's body is ridiculous everybody's (laughs) body is not going to take a 12 inch dick and there's also this idea on the part of like dick recipients where it's like oh i'm a bad bitch because i can take a 10 inch dick kudos to you wonderful So glad. Would you like a cookie? Like you're not a better person than anybody else because you can take a big ass dick. People can have amazing sexual experiences with a six inch dick, with a seven inch dick. Like you don't have to go for the biggest thing that you can find for it to be good. You're actually setting yourself up potentially for pain, for micro tears, for discomfort, for all sorts of things that could make that experience really awful really uncomfortable and really awkward so just being mindful of the idea that like you don't have to have a big ass dick is a great place to start
0: (laughs) yeah um I actually got into that habit of allowing partners that I'm serious about that I knew I was like yeah we're probably gonna be sleeping together on a consistent basis um allowing them to pick their own um with the exception of the my my dick that to me is like my dick right like i that it is larger only because i was like it just called me um they had they had different sizes but i don't know that one just felt right um i charge it in moonlight next to my crystals Um, i love that i sage it (laughs) i love that yes take care of your dicks people yeah i sage it um Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Actually, someone the other day told me, she was like, you know, um, I haven't really met anyone who talks about your dick and like has a relationship with your dick like you do. And I'm like, yeah, but it's also different because I'm not looking at it as um, for me, I, I identify as a woman. I have some. Uh, transmasculine tendencies, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm really comfortable in my body. But this is an extension. I look at it more as a spiritual extension than a physical extension of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, So, you know, you take care of it. You make sure it's washed. Uh, obviously it's made out of medical grade silicone, so I wouldn't use any type of oil-based lubricant with that. Plus I pay too much money for that. Um, it's actually really cool how they printed the, the color on it because um, instead of actually, you know how they dip the the dildos sometimes for a particular flesh tone. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually use a technology to 3D print it in a certain... Oh, this I think is fancy. This is next oh, level yeah. dick. Oh, yeah. That's why I was like, the balls are squishy and they move around. That's the only reason why I like them there. Because, <laughs> like, they can adjust. It's, it's it's. I'm pretty sure it's it's just kind of fun to play with, to be honest. But um, I, I have that spiritual relationship with... My dildo, and um I think there's something to be said of hey, I just want the biggest one. Well, why? Right? Like, I, I do think a lot of it is we're taught that hey, the big dick, I'm a fuck it, you know, I'm a big man. And I'm like, that's great and everything, but what do you really want to do with this? Because again, that goes back to if your goal isn't pleasuring your partner as well as you receiving pleasure and you getting pleasure from fucking your partner, why are you doing this? And so do you ever run into people, I'm, I'm curious, like at a sex shop, especially, um, do you ever run into people who you can tell haven't really, I don't want to say, I think there's a difference between being curious and on that path of figuring out how to pleasure yourself or people who are just performing and they feel like, you know, they can't escape this heteronormative box.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think that's where a lot of the I need the biggest dick that y'all have type of energy comes from. It's this idea that you fucking your partner is your opportunity to engage in maleness and male privilege and the things that come with it, even if just for a moment. I think there's a sense of like, Almost, I can't even think of the word I want to say right now, but there's this, this like comfort almost that, you know, for the other 23 hours and 30 minutes of the day, I'm a woman and I'm queer and I'm all of these marginalized identities walking around trying to be safe. But when I put this big dick on, I'm a man and I get to be a man and I get to like, Mm -hmm exert all of this power that comes with maleness and like it's it's just this performance of toxic gendered stereotypes that I think some people get really excited about and if that's a part of how you play and if that's what you and your partner have consented to then like by all means but if you're taking out this like insecurity or fear or whatever else on your partner without their consent, and you're just expecting them to take this big ass dick because it makes you feel like a man, that's not what pleasure is. Pleasure is consensual. Pleasure is mutually understood. Pleasure is is where, where folks can meet and converge in a way that is safe for the people involved. So trying to do this performative like yeah I need a big dick because that's just that's just who I am I can't handle small dick out here like okay well what does like what does that say about you what do you think having a 10 inch dildo says about you that having an 8 inch one doesn't say about you or having a 7 inch one doesn't say about you or having a 6 inch one doesn't say about you because I'd rather have the dick that says I care about my partner's pleasure and comfort and not sending them to the ER. Right. Or have several. Or have options. Let's talk about options. We love options. We love a custom tailored (laughs) experience. It's really interesting. So like I said, I've acquired lots of toys over the years. Some because brands send them to me to review or I get to like you know, whatever. But others are because I've bought them specifically to use with certain people and they're not around anymore and you can't return them. Mm -hmm. So they're just sitting in a box. (laughs) So I do have lots of dicks because I've been with people who have never taken dick before. And I've been with people who like a challenge. So there's a good range. And I think that if you do have multiple partners, then it's really important to have or to at least have a conversation in which you find out people's particulars and what their boundaries are and what their kind of baseline is that they're starting from, rather than just assuming that everybody's body is going to respond the same way to your one dick. Like being a person who can put on a dick versus a person who is born with the dick that you're going to have. We really get the opportunity to customize that experience for that person so we're not just giving the dick that we're born with the dick that we're carrying around all day like we're actually giving the dick that we think is going to bring pleasure to both people involved so I'm all about having options different shapes different sizes different colors like all of the options all about it
0: Yes, yes, and why we are there with options. Let's talk about toy care because um, I, I've been seeing a lot of memes, especially during COVID, running around, and uh, some people think it's funny not to use condoms on <laughs> um, on dildos and dongs and toys in general. To be perfectly honest, you can put a condom on anything really that can fit, but I, I don't think people understand how to properly care for their toy sometimes and how that can lead to partners having all types of issues. So uh, I would love to talk with you a little bit more about toy safety and how to keep them clean and the importance of using, like we can use condoms too y'all and yes, they are expensive. I mean, everybody hands them out for free in the community. So there's that. But um, I, I just, I've seen too many jokes around that. I'm just like, y'all must not be fucking for real. And if you are, like, how are you not? I've had way too, me personally, I've had an allergic reaction to the toy. Because I was explaining to someone, I was like, you know, some of these things, because they're not FDA re- regulated, mm-hmm. they are able to put in chemicals and other things into this without even disclosing that, that you could potentially get a, be allergic to. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I've
1: had allergic reactions to toys, to lubes, to cleaners. Like, yes, you're absolutely right. That industry is very much unregulated. And so it's really important to do your own research, to know your own body and what you're sensitive to and what you're allergic to. And if you find a brand that you trust, or a store that you trust, or a person that you trust Mm -hmm. to give you advice, like, stick with that because. There is a lot of stuff out there, especially on a particular online retailer where everybody orders their stuff because they can get it in two days. Like, there's a (laughs) lot of stuff on that platform that is made out of bullshit. It is made out of things that are going to fuck up your pH that you may potentially have an allergic reaction to. Things that, like, they're just not good for you. So... Uh, I will say, if your toy comes out of the box smelling like rubber, don't use it. Right. If your toy has an an odor to it, don't use it. If your toy comes out of the box sticky, don't use it. Um, That doesn't mean it's used. It means that it either um, is made out of something that is not going to interact well with your body, or it means Mm -hmm. that it was stored next to something that messed with the surface texture. So yeah, if your toy is smelly or sticky before you even use it, don't use it. Definitely use things that are medical grade silicone. And if you want to get fancy, you can absolutely use things that are made out of stainless steel. You can use Mm -hmm. or surgical steel. You can use things that are made out of glass. You can use, they have like crystal dildos and all sorts of like spiritual things now. Mm -hmm. So there are lots of materials that are safe to use. There are also lots of materials that are unsafe to use. So like I said, if you have a brand or a person that you trust, like ask them, like, hey, I'm thinking about buying this toy. Have you heard anything about it? Do you know if it's safe, whatever? Or go directly to that retailer or that manufacturer, use their contact us, send them an email, send them a DM on IG, like, hey, I'm looking at this particular toy. I want to know what it's made out of before
0: I buy it. And if they can't tell you, you probably shouldn't buy it. Exactly. Because to be perfectly honest, every time that I've had to email a a manufacturer, there's there's two in particular that stick out in my mind. When I tell you the customer service was the most amazing experience because they knew what the hell they were talking mm-hmm. about. You know, and I spent a lot of time like on the internet, like if I know I'm going to buy something new, um, I'm going to research the hell out of that. Like the latest one, um, I literally was on their website. I'm pretty sure that particular month I gave them at least a hundred hits. Yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? And just, you know, reading reviews, looking up chemicals, seeing their process you know, and I was really, really pleased with it. I was really impressed with it. I thought the pricing was right. Like it just honestly, that was one of my best purchases last year. And I still think it's a work of art. Like I look at it and I'm just like, that thing is beautiful. And I don't even like penis. At all. <laughs> I don't like how no I, I I don't even think they're fascinating to look at, but that thing is freaking beautiful, man. And you can tell it was made with love and intention by people who understand that all types of different people are gonna use this for different reasons. And instead of like, hey, we're just going to make this rubber giant dick for you to just like play with and use, you know, I think there has to be some level of education around looking for whatever toys uh, that you would like to use. And I think that circles back to what we're talking about in the beginning is like, don't be afraid to explore and ask questions, but also consider like, what do you actually want? How do you want to feel Um, and also
1: treat your shopping experience as exactly that. Sometimes you buy a pair of shoes and they don't look the way you thought they were going to look or they don't fit the way you thought they were going to fit and you've already worn them. So you can't return them. So think about (laughs) buying a dick the same way you put it on. Maybe it's a little heavier than you thought it was going to be. Maybe it's not as long as you thought you needed, like whatever the specifics are that make it not ideal okay, great. Buy another one. Like use that as a trial and error. Now, you know that you want something that is girthier or something that is longer, or maybe something is like too realistic. You wanted something that had, you know, realism and then you got it and it was all veiny and it freaked you out. So now you need to search for something else. So it's, it's absolutely fine to buy something and use it and say like, and this this isn't exactly what I want I'm gonna buy something else now in saying that and in working in a sex shop please do not come in there trying to return your dick because your partner didn't like it or because it didn't fit in your harness or whatever the fuck no no you cannot return it okay I'm not taking it back I am not gonna sit here and like haggle and negotiate with you about how you just took it out the package. You ain't never used it and you just want your money. No, it's a dick. Absolutely not. <laughs> would you buy one if I told you, oh, somebody just returned this. They just took uh. it out the pack. So they didn't actually use it, but they bought it and it wasn't exactly what they was looking for. No, you would not want to buy that dick. So I am not letting you return the dick because it's not what you thought you wanted. You have it. Buy another one. Keep this one on reserve. Maybe you'll have another partner that you can use it with. Maybe you you throw it in the trash and it ends up in a landfill. Like, I do not care what you do with it. Just know that sometimes it's going to be a trial and error and you're going to end up with a dick that you never use again. <laughs>
0: With that, are there any final thoughts that you would like people to know? Or in this case, we can talk about anything that you wanted to make sure you're going to mention.
1: Yeah, I just want to like really drive home the point that the sex acts that you enjoy and the ways that you experience pleasure don't change anything about your identity. They don't change anything about Mm. how you show up in the world or how you find community. I've talked to so many femmes who are like, I want to strap up on my partner, but if I do, that means I got to start doing masculine shit, like paying for stuff and opening doors. No, it doesn't have to change (laughs) your relationship dynamic. Just as much as I've talked to plenty of boys who are like, oh no, I can't take dick because then it means I'm going to have to start like, wearing dresses or cooking or whatever. Like, first of all, I would appreciate if you cooked anyway, but right. <laughs> you don't, like, nothing about you changes or has to change because of the way that you choose to experience pleasure. So I know that there are, we're, we're taught a lot, we're conditioned about pleasure, about our bodies and about which activities fit in which categories. And I really just want people to take the time to look at sex acts and to look at experience experiences of pleasure as exactly that. And if you are a person who has a vagina, but likes to wear clothes out of the men's section and likes to get strapped up on every now and then, like you still get to identify however you identified prior to you taking the dick. Like, I'm, I'm really not here for the whole, like, oh, well, if you're a stud who takes dick, then you're not a stud. Or if you a femme who be strapping up, then you're not a femme. Like, that that that's dumb. That's people's yep. own fear and insecurity talking. That's people's need to live within a binary. People's need to put things in a category or a box that feels comfortable for them. And, if it, like, none of that matters. None of that matters. Do what feels good to you try what you want to try. If you try it and you love it, great. Now, you know, that's the way that you experience pleasure. If you try it and you hate it, you never have to do it again. And that's absolutely fine.
0: Awesome. That sounds like a word. I feel like someone needed to hear that. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Tell people where they can find you and follow you. All
1: right. So you can find me on IG at Pleasure Over Everything. I am also on Twitter as Pleasure O-E-T. They wouldn't let me type the whole thing on Twitter, limited amount of characters for your Twitter name. (laughs) But I don't even be on Twitter like that. So maybe you can leave that one out. So you can find me on Instagram at Pleasure Over Everything. You can watch me talking shit in my bathtub every Tuesday and Thursday on Tiny Tub. It is my IG Live talk show where I talk about sex, self-care, kink, and current events, all from the comfort of my real-life bathtub. And you can also catch me hosting Sanctuary Noir, which is an all-QTPOC virtual strip club experience. So if you are trying to find ways to explore and expand your pleasure narrative from the comfort of your home, I got you. Stay connected with me. I will put you on.
0: Dope, dope. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Jen. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was always a pleasure. Uh, for those listening, uh, see you next episode and have a great time, I guess.